Yeah, it's Buku One here. One thing I know, every good podcast deserves its own theme song. Oh, for sure. And this one most definitely deserves its own theme song. We changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one or more is Golden Eye. Mike's the level-headed, baby gave edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening. So why even attempt it? From bare knuckle fighting to Grammy songwriting to Burning Man flames. To firefighter video games and many, many more than I could put in a verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. And many, many more than I could put in one verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. Yes. You heard it first here. Show did. Tion Buku 1, aka Mr. Generous. Live and direct. Hello and welcome to this week's special live edition, Quotation Marks Live, at Fan Expo New Orleans of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad, and with me as always is the ever so handsome, Mike Hampton. Mike, what's up? I am, I am, li- I am alive. <laughs> Somehow, still. Mike, that's the story of your life. Live, we're live, and I'm alive. I feel like I'm, I'm alive. Okay, you're live, not alive. Yes. Just live. Yes. Okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Mike. So we're here live at the um, Fan Expo New Orleans, which is formerly known as Wizard World. Yes. And you have some experience in Wizard World. I do. Yeah. So you've done how many Wizard World shows? Well, you know, I stopped counting a long time ago because it started to make me feel older. Okay. So what? More than 10? <laughs> Probably. But I've, uh, yeah, I've done Wizard World New Orleans a few times. And uh, this is the first time me doing a show here or actually any show where i'm not set up at a booth isn't that crazy how does that feel feels weird yeah (laughs) i don't know what to do with myself i mean technically you're still working i am still working for sure but i also feel uh like uh i've lost like i'm here without a home if that makes sense that makes sense it actually makes a lot of sense yeah so we're here for three days yeah in the lovely city of new orleans your favorite place favorite uh we've had a great time so far uh, we've got to, all these all these interviews we're gonna have today are just so fun. Yeah, they're probably some of the best I think we've had so far. And they're fast. They're fast. Yes. They're fast and hard. Yes. That's how. <laughs> that's how we like it. That's how we do it, Nola. Right. right. <laughs> fast and hard. Fast and hard. But of course, that's not the only thing that we talk about here. We talk to a bunch of other comic book creators and some other uh, organizations as well, trying to do some good. So it isn't just about the celebrities, of course. We have a whole mission going on here. Mike, so far, what is your um, what is your best experience we've had? About the Fan Expo? Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, of course, the interviews we've done so far that you'll hear soon on this episode. Um, but I also just love walking around at Comic-Con and seeing a bunch of Saints uh, Saints gear everywhere. And we'll, end, we'll end our intro by saying who? What? By who that? Who that? Hey, everyone. Baby Gabe here. Have you missed me? I've sure missed you. I'm just stopping by real quick to let you all know about this week's sponsor, Tabula Sono. Tabula Sono is a free in-browser 3D whiteboard system for virtual tabletop gaming. Now, as a DM for players who consistently catch me off guard, it's impossible to have a battle map prepared for every scenario. With Tabula Sono, you can build things in real time and even assign minis to your players. 
I honestly cannot wait to implement this free system into my games and ambush my players with the Blood Hunter I've been keeping a secret from them. Go to tabulasono.com slash uncledad and sign up to get notified when their Kickstarter launches next month. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Uncle Dad here with Mike, and Mike, we are with Justine. Yep, Justine okay. Mastin. Yes. Yep. So I have a tendency of getting people's names wrong. That's why I always sound confused. So sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm very fascinated to learn mm-hmm. about where this comes from. So you do psychology in, I guess, pop culture. Can I say that? Yep, you can. Okay. So um, I am here helping out my friend, Dr. Travis Langley, who's the head nerd of the herd. Uh, for the psychology and fandom books, but I'm also here with my passion project, Starship Therapies. Uh, it's both a book and a podcast. Okay. And my creative partner and I are both licensed marriage and family therapists, as well as big geeks, and we talk and write all about the healing power of pop culture. That's okay. So that's fascinating. So yeah, is Game of Thrones healing? <laughs> 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 I just, I mean, like, I have to ask that. Like, yeah. So. So these are separate. Yeah, right. But I was just curious yeah. like, the but, idea of psychology. But yeah, right? I, I absolutely talk yeah. about uh, Game of Thrones. In my book, Starship Therapies, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, we have a fan fiction case study in each chapter, which means we do fan fiction therapy with different characters, and we have one with Arya Stark. Really? Yep. <laughs> so we talk to Arya about her, her adventure and how she's changed and how she changed the narrative of her life. That, no. I, I'm not really too familiar with Game of Thrones. I just know it's sad, right? Like you know a lot about Game of Thrones, my Mike. I've watched. I've watched it. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah there's some. There's a lot of. There's a lot of family dynamics going on mm-hmm. in there that yeah. definitely. Uh, well, let's just say they could all use. They yeah, could they use could a all therapist. use a therapist. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, mo- and most of us mm-hmm. can and should <laughs> use a therapist. I think at some point in our life. Now, with Starship Therapies, mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming you're a big Star Trek fan. I I am a big Star Trek fan. But don't let the name fool you. Okay. It's not all Star Trek. The The premise is I am the captain of the Starship Therapies. Clever. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, my creative partner, Larissa, is the first officer. And we travel through the multiverse, pulling on fandom to help people make better sense of their lives. That's, that's pretty interesting. Thank I you. Uh, I think it's interesting. Now, where can people buy this book? Anywhere. Anywhere. Yes, books is available anywhere. I know it sounds like I self-published, but I didn't. Went through a publisher, distributed by Ra- uh, Penguin Random House. This really? is a real awesome. book. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it's a real book. Yeah, we, don't, we don't interview people with fake books. <laughs> it has to be, uh, what is it, Penguin Random House for sure, right? Yeah. It has to be, yes. Um, but you can get it anywhere, so Amazon, everything. Yeah. Yep, yep. Barnes & Noble. Yep, anywhere. Borders. No? <laughs> I don't think there are borders, but if there were, sure. <laughs> sure, okay. And then your podcast is the same name? Starship Therapies. Okay, yep. awesome. And then where can our audience find your um, any social media platforms? Yep, you bet. So people can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MindBodyFandom because I take a holistic approach to healing mind, body, and fandom. That's, that's awesome. Now, I have to ask one last question. Yep. On this show, we've actually had a quantum healer on. Oh, Are okay. you? What is your thoughts on quantum healing? I'm just curious. I don't know what quantum healing is. Okay, so I'll leave you with that. Look it up. It is very fascinating. Could you talk about the multiverse? Okay. It all comes in there. that. So take a look into that. Okay. Okay, okay. awesome. Noted. Well, yeah. well, thank you so much. Really appreciate yeah, it. thanks so much for stopping. Absolutely. Take care. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. 
All right, Uncle Dad and Mike here. We are hanging out with, am I saying this right? Fabrice Sapolsky? Sapolsky? Fabrice Sapolsky. Ooh, I got close, I think, right, Mike? Yeah, okay. Uh, so you are the co-creator of Spider-Man's Spider-Man Noir. Among other things. Among other things. So let's talk about those other things too. What else oh, did you create? Wonderful. <laughs> what else did you create? Let's hear. Well, first, yes. I'm pushing my own publishing company that <laughs> I created in 2019 called Fair Square Comics. Our motto is comics from the rest of us, and it's an immigrant and minority oh, that's awesome. owned uh, uh, publisher based in California. And uh, since we uh, started our little adventure, um, we published uh, four graphic novels, and we now have a magazine that is quarterly and is called Mutiny. So there's a lot of things here. <laughs> that's, tell me more about like that. Where does that idea come from? Well, it actually uh, comes from me initially, uh, because you know when you start in this business, and and I always say that the best and the worst thing that happened to me in comics was to start with a comic book at Marvel Comics. And that comic book being Spider-Man Noir. Right. But when you're an outsider uh, and the big companies are no longer interested in your services, what are you going to do? Are you going to wait by the phone? No. Like, the beast is out. You have to keep, you have ideas you want to keep creating, so you have to take care of yourself. You can't really rely on anyone else. And so, for a long time, I was dividing my time between being a talent and being an editor. And I worked with a lot of publishing companies as an editor. But uh, in 2020, um, I was laid off, just like a lot of people in this world um, with the pandemic and, and, and restrictions. Uh, I was laid off and I was left without, okay, so you have this company, Fair Square Comics, that you created in 2019, but was basically a side job. Yeah. And now it becomes the main job. Okay. So. I realized that, okay, if I have this, this thing, um, I need to make something out of it. And the most challenging thing that has been uh, my experience in comics was being an immigrant. Because even when you apply for a job, you're never a priority. Between, right. Even if you make it to the third or fourth round of interviews, between you and an American, they will always choose the American. And that's, that's a fact. Um, I sent like over 400 resumes in 2020 and 2021, and I couldn't find a job. So wow. it's just, and sometimes I, I went as far as the fourth round of interviews. So for me, it was like, okay, I love comics. I want to keep doing comics, whether it's as an editor or as a talent. And let's do it myself. Like, let's see what happens. And in 2020, uh, with all the rage, um, I was very angry with the murder of George Floyd. Yes. And I've always been, I mean, as an immigrant and a minority myself, I was always a natural ally of the black community, of the black American community. And, uh, and so I was having a conversation with my friend T.C. Harris, um, who's also an editor and, and a journalist and a talent, and he lives in, 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 on the East Coast. And... Uh, and he said, like, well, if you're that pissed, uh, you have to do something about it. And you have to do comics because this is what you know how to do. Right. And we created the concept together and we pushed that concept. And that concept became Noir's the New Black. And Noir's the New Black is a collection of 16 noir stories by 40 black creators who all retain their rights. It's a creator-owned thing. And we put it on Kickstarter 
without knowing anything about it, and boom, that's, that's $48,000. Wow. So it was a huge success. Yeah. And it's still, to this day, the best seller at Fair Square Comics, my publishing company. Wow. So um, it was clearly the, the thing that shifted all sure. my priorities. And from that, I said, okay, well, you have other IPs that I had intertwined, which had been previously published by Dynamite, but we got our right backs. Um, and we said, okay, we're going to republish it the way we always wanted it to be. And that was also published in uh, late 2021. And now One Hit Wonder, which in another universe, in another life, has been published at Image Comics in 2014, 2015, uh, but never, never uh, turned into a trade. Uh, wow. We decided to release it as a trade paperback. That's, uh, that's incredible, man. That's such a great thing. But that was not enough. Well, not, it's never enough. We've got to keep going That forward. was not enough yeah. because like, <laughs> when, when you're a, a small company, you don't have the marketing power the big guns have. Yeah. So how do you do to put your name out there? Yeah. And sometimes when you go to social media, it's like screaming in the desert. Yeah, very it's true. Ve it's very hard to be heard. Yeah. You're always, you're always the other guy. That's why I have this t-shirt like today. People can see like through our interview, but like <laughs> yeah. we're the other guys, okay? <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and so we created Mutiny as an answer to that. So Mutiny is a magazine. It's quarterly. It's the best of all worlds. It's mainstream and indie in the same, under the same roof. In wow. the magazine, you have 50 pages of original comic stories by independent creators, as well as interviews and features about everybody else, like the Marvel, the DCs, the Image, everything. And that concept uh, seemed to be silly at first. Like, who does a magazine in 2021, 2022? Like, people forgot about that, yeah. what a magazine is. But I come from the press. I started in the business 28 years ago in the press. Gotcha. So for me, it was like riding a bike, you know? And uh, uh, my partner and my son, who are also part of the company, started work, working a little bit more with me. And, and now we have this like family business. That's awesome. Uh, where we're all invested in, in, in this mission, which is to bring uh, the voices of the unheard to life wow. in our own way. And Mutiny is one of our tools. Um, issue Zero was kickstarted last year, $21,000, nearly $21,000, which was a good success. Wow. Uh, and then Issue One was released November 24th in stores. Uh, it was sold out on release day. Issue Two is on the way. It's coming out in March 2022. Um, and we're going to keep going with that because apparently this is something that people want. Absolutely. So uh, the more people are discovering Mutiny, the best it is. Um, and uh, we're now expanding into other territories like Slice of Life, YA. We, have, uh, we did a, another Kickstarter in, the, in November, December 2021 called Lady Bird. And the graphic novel comes out late April wow. uh, in stores. We have this amazing partnership with Diamond Comics. A lot of people are like uh, saying <laughs> a lot of bad things about Diamond. Yeah. But our experience is, has been great so far. Like sure. we, uh, in, a, in a very like interesting twist of fate, uh, we signed our contract with Diamond the day Marvel announced that they were leaving them. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so, pretty crazy. <laughs> so it was completely crazy. Yeah. So we were in the news the same day. Wow. And, and, and for Diamond, I think it was like a, a good operation to say, hey, like a big one is leaving, but we still have the little guys. Yeah. And we are, we are the little guys. So 
uh, it's 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 really cool. And and while I'm when I look back at my career, whether I am as an editor, I mean I, I literally work for for a lot of people, uh, or as a talent through Spider-Man Noir. Uh, and while I'm not negating or, 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 or like turning my back on what I did for Marvel, my present and my future is Fair Square Comics. Okay, I, I love that, I absolutely love that. Now, where can our audience find your work? And it's very out? easy, so the, uh, all the books are available everywhere books are sold. Awesome. If, if, comic book stores, if comic book stores haven't ordered our books, they still can do it. Okay. They go on previews, uh, previewsworld.com and they order our books. Um, we're in the catalog. Um, we're distributed through Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, everywhere. Awesome. Uh, and also on our website, uh, fairsquarecomics.com, we have some special goodies on, on, on the website. Okay. Um, like variant covers and, and, and smaller prints. Uh, but, but yeah, we're, we're, we're everywhere we can be found. That, that's incredible. Thank you so much for taking time talking with us. No problem. Thank Absolute you very much pleasure. for having me. Absolutely. Take care, okay? Thank you. Hello, and uh, so we are here at Fan Expo with Joe Rubenstein, who is uh, most known as uh, the artist of the Wolverine miniseries, and also the uh, first artist of Gambit. Co-artist. Co-artist. <laughs> um, we are in New Orleans, where Gambit is, uh, well, Gambit's from Louisiana, New Orleans, he's a Cajun. Are you also from New Orleans, or where did your inspiration come from? My inspiration for what? For Gambit. Well, I'm, I didn't create him. I was the first inker on it. The guy who drew him was uh, Mike Collins, and I don't know that he designed the character or not. Okay. I happen to be from Brooklyn. I live in L.A., and yeah, Frank Miller laid out the Wolverine miniseries that I finished up, and uh, Mike drew the X-Men 266 that I inked. Okay, yeah, and so being an inker uh, on such like such key books, um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to ink when you're doing when you're doing Marvel stuff? I don't have a favorite thing. I have people I like to collaborate with who draw very well. You know, I, I, John Buscema, oh yeah, Jose Garcia Lopez, people like that. I, I, the things I hate to do are Iron Man, War Machine, and anybody with a lot of dumb details. So. Yeah, it, there's the, a lot of tedious, tedious work it in is. there, I imagine. It's like right? I would hate to do your jacket, for instance. Yes, there's lots of filigree and small yes, detail. Right. Yeah, I don't know who you're, would. You're a walking tinsel. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, awesome. So I, I love to ask, how many, how many Wolverine uh, miniseries number ones do you think you've signed if you were to throw a number out there? I have, I mean, it's probably a distorted memory, but when it first came out at San Diego Con in 1982, it seemed like I was find, signing 500 of them. They just kept coming at me. Yeah. Um, if only I could live long enough to sign them all, it would take a while. Right. So. Yeah. One day, one day, yeah. one day we'll find a way to and make that he, work. Just like the Winchester Mansion, you know, just keep going. That's a, that, Fun fact, I actually used to manage that place. Did you? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> The ghost's real? Uh, you know, I can tell you that off mic. Off mic, I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> mm. How right. about how about you you drawing uh, the Winchester Mystery House? How or inking that? Would 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 the detail not entice you to? Uh, oh no, that would be terrible. No. That'd be terrible. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that would be terrible. That would be way too much. Oh no, no. <laughs> right on. Well, Joe, uh, thanks for just taking a few minutes to talk to us. It's a real pleasure. Uh, fan of your work. 
Um, and do you have a website or anywhere people yeah, can find um, you? Yeah, com. There's also a thing, an art association I'm with called MB, as in Marvin Bradley Artist, MB Artist. And uh, the, you can find my prints and my, uh, you can commission me through that, but you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. All right. And that's how you actually run your Instagram? That's actually you? Yeah, when, that's when a me. See? Okay. Very cool. Right on. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Hello, Mike, we're back. And we're talking to something that I don't know how familiar you are with. <laughs> but we're talking to a pretty, I would say, if I can say this, a yeah, legendary I, cosplayer. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank yes. you. Thank you very uh, Chrissy much. Lynn. Chrissy <laughs> Lynn, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? You know, we're chilling. Uh, Mike, tell me your, tell me, tell her your familiarity <laughs> with cosplay. Oh. My familiarity with cosplay? Well, um, I do a lot of conventions, or I've done a lot of conventions as an artist. Okay. So I've kind of, and I've, not to reveal Can my I ask age. what kind of artist? Because it's very broad to say you're oh, an artist. Well, um, I do a lot of, uh, oh, I don't know, like my interpretation of a lot of characters. I, I publish my own comics. There I've it is. Done, Perfect. Awesome. Oh, Love yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, there we go. Cartoonist. You know, nothing exciting. Um, Always exciting. But <laughs> I've, I've been doing conventions long enough to kind of see the, the cosplay be just what you would see like people dressing up as to now where cosplayers you guys are like famous and you have your own booths and you have your own following and you know there's a whole row of y'all here lined up it, it is a very rewarding community yeah it is. it is about community though for sure so did you start just dressing up and going to cons just for fun and then it morphed into what you're doing or? i mean that's my autobiography how did you know i wrote that <laughs> yeah. um, no. i don't know my uh, intuition just like, told me <laughs> halloween was my big thing growing up so i would excel and be the like i went all out for halloween and then i went to my first san diego comic-con the big beast of all the cons in 2004 and I went there and I spent hundreds of dollars on back issues of comics because I was behind on Catwoman specifically. Oh. And then I saw, you know, cosplayers. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I need to do that, not just for Halloween. And then I've been going to San Diego since then. And I started cosplaying in 2010. And my, because of the community and the other cosplayers I get to like meet and work with and collab with, I, my skill set went straight from like, Halloween store-bought riffraff I used to modify to I can make fully construct and fabricate armor and props and do the special effects makeup for the character transformations and the wigs and all that. So yes, like pretty much that, <laughs> pretty much that description. So when you're in the world of cosplaying, did you like, when you like, when you got into it, did you did you admire like any other cosplayers? Like, was yeah. there like people like, because I always think like the big name of cosplaying is probably Jessica Negri, right? Is she one of the big names? Um, She's a very big name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love Jess. I I know Jess personally awesome. very well. She's great. Yaya Han is another yep. one of those yeah, really I was gonna say Yaya Han's, Yep. Uh, um, Vampy bit me as well. I'm sorry. Vampy bit me. Yep. Oh, yep. I I love Vamp. Yep. She's great. Vampy's really cute. She's funny. She's one of my favorite metalheads. Yep. Love yep. That. <laughs> She's I like awesome. Love her. Um, and then like Liana Vamp doesn't uh, cosplay much anymore. And then like Ivy Doom Kitty is a good yep. friend. Yeah. So it's again the community being able to. Like, even at that time when I did start, they, some of them, most of those names that you just mentioned, other than Yaya and, and um, Vampy, they hadn't, they, 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 they hadn't been cosplaying as long yet. So I kind of met some of these folks when they were in the beginning of their cosplay career, so to speak. And then as I grew more and more in 
in, you know, into the world. And then I started to meet the people that I was following on Twitter or cosplay.com, if you guys remember that website. <laughs> and then, you're, then all of a sudden you're cosplaying with them and you're creating stuff together and they're hiring you to do their wig commissions and things like that. And the, the overlapping of our skill set, trading together and learning different things off each other, it's just, I'm a sucker for community, so that's like what I usually always get drawn into is like this is our family, so... That's, that's, that's so awesome. I love, I'm in the same way. I love community. And when there's a good community, it's a great way to be connected, you know, socially, emotionally, mentally, everything, right? Uh, what I find exciting about cosplaying, and it's like going through this weird, like, I feel like it's, it's prominent still, but now it's kind of evolving and changing more. And I, yeah. and I love that. And I think it's great that everything evolves and changes. And seeing cosplaying, you know, have like its own section at cons, yeah. it's, it's a more recent thing, but it's so interesting to see that, you know, the, the everyday person could eventually do this, right? Yes, like, yeah. and like it's, a lot of the materials are easily accessible. You can go and buy Spider-Man suits real quick on, online. You can get thermal plastics at Michael's and Joanne's Fabrics. Like, there are patterns that are user-friendly for all, you know, different levels of cosplayers. And uh, to be honest, a lot of the cosplayers that you've been seeing, really successful ones, and even those who've been retired, they are now in the film and television industry yeah. making those costumes and those action suits for a lot of these big films that you know and like Rachel and I are both in the film and you know uh, TV and you know the entertainment industry so it's that's also really neat because at first when we first started cosplaying it was about how do I make this screen accurate yes, like how do yeah. I make it look just like that but then when you get on set and you're actually looking at some of the suits you're like my cosplay is better than that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And then now we're making those things, and it's incredible. So that's awesome. And, you know, it's interesting you say about like screen accurate because I feel like, to me, and Mike, I don't know if you agree with me on this. The first <laughs> iteration of um, cosplaying is like the stormtrooping, the stormtroopers. Oh yeah, Star Wars like, cosplay. Like the, was the, the, the five hundred one Legion, stuff like that. Like to me, yeah. that's like the first beginning of cosplaying, right? I mean, for organized cosplay. Sure. Yes. Okay. And then like they they've evolved into a giant mass organization. Yeah where you have to kind of, you have to apply to enter, and they do like charity events all over the country, and yes. they are recognized by um, Lucas, yeah. you know? So it's like, there's there's that level of, I don't want to say elitism, but those are super pro, super yeah. like cohesion. They've got a standard they have to, you know, meet, yes, so yeah. to speak. Because you have to meet it 100% at screen yes. accuracy, right? But a lot of them are still having fun yeah, at of course. it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And like screen accurate, I feel like I can do a whole panel on what that actually means. Because it has That's a good idea changed. for a panel, actually. I don't think I've seen a panel like that no. where it's about screen accuracy. Like, that's it's not what you think it means. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. I think that's really interesting. Now, uh, let's talk about your costume you're wearing now. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Mike, do you know what costume that is? Loki. <laughs> Loki, yes. yes. Now, fun fact, I have not watched that show. But you have screen accurate. I mean, that's fair. Well, here's the thing. Here's the, let me, me, let me do me. you a learn real quick. Oh, do me a learn. <laughs> so the thing about since the show had come out, yeah. Loki, um, the concept of the Loki variant changed everything for cosplayers. Yeah. So now you see variants of Lokis on anybody. Like people do it for DC characters, yep. not just Marvel. And it's a really fun gag. It's but almost I'll, like Deadpool, yeah? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. That's a great yeah. example. But like this is a little bit like more broad, like, like yeah. you could really the range is like huge. Um, so I just wanted to do an original version based off of the agent, you know, of Asgard, like in the comic books, and then like my own thing and what I feel comfortable wearing. I've been really like just in love with Loki this entire year. This is like my second version of this. You're the one that's in love with Loki. 
I'm sorry? You're the one that's in love with Loki. I mean. You're the one. You're the one. I'm the only one. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like the last year has just been Loki. I'm a, I'm a big rogue and Catwoman cosplayer. That's usually my signature awesome. stuff. But ever since I got this crown, I'm like, F it. I'm going to do 20 different Lokis because I can. And I made this last week. So it was like cool. Wow. You made that last week? Yes, thank you. That's it's awesome. Just didn't look. I was like, oh, I got a new costume. Like, I think you need that costume. <laughs> it would probably fit you, I ain't gonna lie. Oh. Stretch spandex could fit anybody. There you go, okay. Do you have an extra? I mean, you... let me get a sewing machine and, and 10 yards of fabric real quick. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> oh. I got you, fam. Oh, I love it, I love it. Uh, so before we wrap up, I do have to ask you, since Catwoman's a big part of you know who you are. Yes. Catwoman is going to be in the new Batman. Yes. New version of Catwoman. Yes. What is your thoughts on the way Catwoman looks? I'm so glad you asked me that question. Yes. Because <laughs> everyone's been asking me that question for months. Um, I like the fact that it's a woman of color, and I like that she's got short hair. Yeah. I'm very canon to comic books when it comes to her specifically, yeah. and we haven't seen a Catwoman that actually is more like the Jim Lee yeah. or Adam Hughes version of her. We've seen a lot of different variations of like, I mean, nothing wrong with the Nolan verse and like practicality, yeah. but I'm excited. I'm excited to see this as, and she's also getting more of like a little bit an origin story so yes. we can see some focus on her. Yeah. I mean, funny story, comic canon, Catwoman is half Cuban. I didn't know that. Did you know I that? am half oh. Cuban. So I, I'm like, oh, that makes me happy. Italian, Cuban. It's a long, debatable story if you read. You know what I mean. Okay. I'm all, if you know, you know, fam. Gotcha. I actually didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's exciting. Well, thank you so much for taking yeah. the time, Kristen. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Yeah, it was me. a great time. Uh, maybe we'll have you on later. We should do a whole cosplay dedicated episode one day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm here for it. We would yes. love to have you on and just really dive into cosplaying. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We should thank think about you. that. And where can our uh, listeners find you? Oh, well, Wait. I am on the social medias, the book of faces if you will, at Miss Chrissy Lynn. And then on Instagram and Twitter, Miss Chrissy Lynn with one N. So that's C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-L-Y-N. Miss Chrissy Lynn. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Take you care, okay? so much. Yeah. All right, everybody. We are here with a very pro a very cool project that I am so excited to talk about. This is the Tabula Sono, correct? Okay, I always get I always say things wrong, dude. So I got to make sure I say it right. Uh, we are with Jim. Jim, you are the founder. I am the founder and the lead developer. Awesome, awesome. So, just you know, I kind of know about it, but let's tell our audience what this great project is. Absolutely. So it is a free 3D virtual tabletop for RPG games, and in layman's terms, that means we can play D and D online in 3D uh, in the browser. Nothing to download, nothing to install. It's really easy to get into. And it's not as cumbersome as some of the other tools that are out there. The really powerful ones that have a huge learning curve. We can just get in and play the game. So this sounds like any tabletop player's like dream, in my opinion. Because you, I think with COVID, right, it made it very hard to kind of connect with everybody on a physical platform, right? Yeah, we, we, had, we had our in-person games. They were so great. And then once we got online, because we had to, things kind of started fizzling out. It just wasn't the same anymore. And that was really our goal, was to get that magic and that spark of collaborative storytelling back into the game. See, I, and I love that. And I think D, like tabletop in general, right, needs the, a digital platform. And there's other digital platforms out there, but what really strikes me, like, strikes my fancy, if you will, is I love that it's so accessible. It's so easy and it's free. And you don't even have to sign up for an account, right? That's right, yeah. See, and I, there's another brand that does it. I'm not going to say their name, but I think you know what I'm talking about. And I hate the fact that you've got to sign accounts, you've got to set this whole thing up, and it's just, it's just too much where this is very 
drop, drag and drop, really, right? Yep, it's supposed to be open and accessible. We're trying to get more people back into the game, especially a lot of the people that got disenfranchised with online gaming and things like that. So it's supposed to be open and accessible. We're trying to let as many people back in as possible. That's amazing. So now you have a Kickstarter coming. Correct? We do. Yes. Yeah, it starts on February 1st. Okay. What and are some of the perks that people can get for signing up? Yeah, early access. So we okay. launch in the middle of 2022, but Kickstarter backers get early access. We also have some exclusive content and asset packs just for the Kickstarter backers. And we also have some subscriptions that are going to keep access coming over the years as we start to release premium features. The Kickstarter backers will get those for free. That, that's 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 a freaking awesome to be honest with you. Now, definitely sign Uncle Dad up for that because when this comes up, we're going to definitely support. Deal. Yeah, it's it's we're super excited for this. Now, I, I am curious though. What is your favorite tabletop game? My favorite tabletop game is actually a homebrew. A homebrew uh, game that me and my wife made. That oh. is Lord of the Rings based. Okay. It's very similar to D&D 5th edition, but it has a lot of mechanics that feel more Lord of the Rings and Tolkien-esque. Really? Yeah. Now, are you going to make that a pack that we could use, maybe? We might do that, that yeah. That'd be a cool idea, man, like the, the home pack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that, man. If there's demand, we will absolutely do that. That's awesome. Now, just one last question on this. Now, did you develop this all entirely by yourself? Yeah, this has been in the works. Uh, this idea or this concept for a couple years now, um, and then one day we just, we all kind of got together and we were like, let's quit our jobs and let's just build the thing that we've been talking about for so long. See, and I love that because that's like, that's passion, right? It's like when you do something like that, it's that idea of, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Let me just take this huge chance yep. and do it. And I'm sure it's terrifying, but you got to do it, you know? It is, it is, yeah. but we want to, if we're going to do it, we want to do it right. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we are definitely going to help promote this. So I want to be a big part of like helping you guys promote this project. Awesome. So if you guys send me any assets, we'll go ahead and push that on all our platforms. I would love to, because I really love the idea of a of accessible tabletop digital platform. And I think what you're doing is great, man. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for interviewing me. I appreciate it. Of course, it. man. And before I wrap up though, where can our audience find more information about all of this? All the info you'll need is at tabulasono.com, T-A-B-U-L-A-S-O-N-O.com. We also have a Discord server. You can jump in. We have lots of announcements coming out, developer updates every other week, tons of stuff there. That's awesome. Now, also, before we wrap up, I want you to tell us about the name because I thought that was interesting. So yeah, so the, the name uh, Tabulasono, it's kind of a play on some Latin root words that means table and play. I love that. We also have a secret product that we're working on that also goes on that same theme, but let's talk about that like later in the year. I, we're definitely reconnecting. We'll talk about that. I'm excited about that. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're, uh, we're here at uh, Fan Expo New Orleans with, uh, with Joe Walsh. Woes? Woes? Woes is you me. You just told me that. What are you, me? I'm you now. <laughs> That's Please remember, just woes is me. Well, uh, Joe, uh, how are you? And you are a uh, famous cartoonist, created, co-created or created Charlie the So I'm, I, I do the modern incarnation of Charlie, so I wrote the character Bible. Um, I just did the mural at the Starkist headquarters. Uh, I do a lot of their social media, like coloring sheets and stuff like that. So I do a lot of this 
stuff for Charlie, yes. Oh, right on. So do you do a lot of conventions in, uh, in the circuit? Are you from New Orleans, and uh, that's why you're here today? I, You know, I, I actually am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Huh. Uh, I've been a cartoonist my whole life. I um, used to do a lot of conventions. Obviously, we've all taken a break from everything. Yeah. And this is my first national convention back because there was no way in the world I was going to miss New Orleans again. I love it here. This is where I'm going to end up someday, I imagine. Um, the culture, the community has been so supportive. Um, I've done a lot of um, designs for house floats, um, and a lot. So I, I built a real fan base here. So I, I really do love it here, here in New Orleans. Yeah, and what attracted me to your booth? You have this really large. Uh, That's Big Mom out there. Big Mom, yeah. It's an alligator uh, all up in Mardi Gras uh, gear. Uh, you have a print that I have purchased. One of the New Orleans. New Orleans lunchtime second line, which has got a king cake of beer, a po' boy, some hot sauce, all the New Orleans uh, staples. Um, yeah, I'm from New Orleans originally, and yes, there is just something about this place. It's it's a creative spirit that no other city has. What uh, what floats? What crews have you designed floats for? So I, it was actually what I did this year was, uh, excuse me, this was actually last year was house floats. Oh, so right. People could for turn around. the house around. floats, right, I, I ended up designing just a lot of house floats. Uh, probably most of was this guy named Tucker who was just amazing. And um, I must have done about 20 characters for his house. That's awesome. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, so for our listeners that don't know, the house floats, uh, for, so every year at Mardi Gras, there's the parades with floats. Uh, last year, they did house floats where you could drive around your car and people had kind of floats set up in their, uh, their house set up as a float. So it was like... Uh, way to enjoy that yeah and it was a great way for me to connect to uh you know in a way my what, what at least now is my spiritual home of new yeah. orleans a great way to connect with the culture and the people so it was absolutely wonderful for me love it man uh i also see you're an emmy nominated host of a cartoon academy on pbs so yes yeah, so I, I i i have uh i've won uh i've been nominated for an emmy for cartoon academy which is a children's show uh produced by wqed Produced in the same building as Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was produced. Um, it actually just came out last year. Um, it's actually doing quite well. It's now available uh, nationwide on the PBS app as well. Um, so to that, I've also won the Rubin Award, Civil Rubin Award for my um, feature Maze Tunes, which appears in newspapers all over the world. is distributed by King Features Syndicate. So I'm best known for my cartoon illustrated mazes. You, you know, like I wanted to be a cartoonist when I was younger and uh you know i still i still attended conventions as an artist but i really wanted to draw cartoons what was it for you that kind of broke you through from just like trying to do it to actually being as successful as you are what was like, I, that leap so i knew at age four it was what i wanted to do yeah you know my parents caught me drawing snoopy on the walls with a crayon and they taped paper up on the walls and said go ahead so that was one of the key things you need It's probably the hardest thing to find is you need talent, you need skill, you need imagination, mm -hmm. but you need encouragement. Totally. You need family, friends, or fans who say, you can do this and you can do it well. Um, so that really can make a big difference. Yeah. So that's that's so important. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a kid and you're, you tell your parents you want to be an actor or a singer or an artist, you know, I mean, they get freaked out. It's one of the reasons I really started Cartoon Academy on, on PBS is that um, I'm there to provide encouragement yeah. to tell kids, you can do this, and you're pretty good at this. I, I like what you do. Can I just say that's awesome, man? I think oh, thank you. growing up in life, we all need that, right? And I, and I, I know when I grew up, 
that's how I found myself. It's just probably like Mike. It's like that ability of someone telling you through a cartoon, hey, you can do it. Whether I'm drawing, uh, teaching kids to draw or adults to draw, I always end with the same line. Sign your name. Take pride in your work. It's so important we take pride in everything we do. No matter how menial the task, it's you've poured your heart into it. You've, uh, it's an expression of yourself. Whether you like to paint or draw or you're really good at making sandwiches or right. you have a fantastic podcast, whatever it is, you should always sign off with your name to say, this is mine. I did this. And I'm so proud of what I've done. That, that's beautiful, man. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I have to ask you something. I'm not familiar with the world's largest hand-drawn maze. <laughs> yes. Tell me about that. So record. I established a world record for the world's largest hand-drawn maze. It was, uh, at the time, four feet high by 36 feet long, Whoa. completely drawn with hand. And my maze was unique in that they have illustrations embedded within them. So it had hundreds of illustrations embedded within. So, for example, my latest book is called Amazing Peanuts, and it features Snoopy and Charlie Brown, Woodstock, the whole Peanuts gang, within mazes. So that's, that's what sets myself apart, is it's actually Cartoon Illustrated mazes. Yeah, that's really fun. Uh, well, Joe, thank you for taking the time to talk to us here at Fan Expo. You have a line of people behind us, so we're going to let you get to it. Well, but, uh, thank you so much, um, and thanks to all the fans, Uncle Dad uh, Talks, listening in. And I, I hope you'll check out my work at mazetunes.com or uh, follow me on social media, mazetunes, M-A-Z-E-T-O-O-N-S, and check out Cartoon Academy on PBS. And thank you so much, Uncle Dad. And thank you, all of Uncle Dad's loyal listeners. Right on. Right, Uncle Dad here with a another, I guess you would say, an Uncle Dad alumni. He's been on the show before. I have. So it's nice to have you back. It's Tony Rodriguez, what's it's up? It's crazy to be back. It's like the studio has totally changed. <laughs> Everything about this place is amazing. It's so you've big. Done, you've done so much uh, stuff with us. It's great. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's all because of you. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget that. It's all because oh, of you. Oh, you're being sweet. So, Tone, you, uh, you're down here uh, for the Fan Expo New Orleans. Are you going to experience New Orleans tonight? No, You're I no, no, no. We're done. We we tried a little bit of it yesterday with some friends, and we're done. You yeah. did. Uh, oddly enough, this is the thing about New Orleans. Yes. Uh, because uh, I live in Louisiana, I was in Lafayette for a little while. Now I'm up in uh, Downsville, which is over by uh, Arkansas. Uh, we talk to people all the time about um, being in Louisiana, and then the first thing inevitably they say. After you tell them that, you know, oh, I live in Louisiana, they go, oh, my God, I love New Orleans. <laughs> it's like, I'm I'm nowhere near New Orleans, and, and I, I don't spend any time there. And I, I know the uh, the allure of it. Uh, like I said, we don't. It's like, I, at this point, we've gotten to the point where even, like, San Diego and all these other shows, Chicago, <laughs> I go to the show. As soon as the show's over, I go back to the hotel. Uh, so yeah, tonight it'll be real easy and chill. We're probably gonna walk back to the hotel, go to the pizza place around the corner from the place, and just chill. It's like well, there won't be any going out, no, no more drinking, no more. Yeah. Where'd no. you guys go? Reveal. Just out, just out and about. Oh. Nowhere specific, but yeah. just yeah, it's just dopey. Well, I mean, uh, you know, funny, <clears throat> funny thing too, when when you're you when you're not in California and you tell people, yeah, I'm in California. They immediately go to L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you say, oh, yeah. I'm in the Bay Area, San yeah, yeah. Francisco, they go, yeah, but somehow L it's still about yeah, yeah, L.A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's right there. It's I can see it on the map. My See, my finger's right there. It's, yeah, it's really weird, the, the idea of it. 
Uh, so yeah, it's weird. And let's be honest, New Orleans. There's New Orleans, and then there's Louisiana. Yeah, no, absolutely. New yeah. Very no, different. New Orleans is totally different. And again, it's and it's not a, a, a bad, worse, good, bad. It's no. just different. It's. A, I mean, there's really amazing things here. There's a lot of scary things down here too. But it's just a different thing altogether. It's crazy. Yeah. Wait, wait. What do you mean scary? Well, you know. Um, the, the bars that well, stay open 24 hours. You know hours. what? That's interesting. Thanks for the save. Yeah, the haunted aspect of, of New Orleans is interesting. Uh, and oddly enough, I didn't feel any of that yesterday, so I was feeling really good about it because I kind of get like the heebie-jeebies when I go some places. And uh, when, I, when, I, when I'm uh, walking about, it's like I didn't have anything. I, it was good. It was good. But yeah, no. Do you feel it now? Do you feel the heebie-jeebies? No, now that you brought it up, now I'm feeling the heebie-jeebies. Just so you know. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, I had no idea. You're holding a haunted microphone, yeah, actually. Oh, that's what <laughs> Sanitizer, you said no, so. Oh, interesting. Okay, right on. So, so uh, we had you on the show before, as, as Uncle Dad mentioned, uh, talking about uh, stray dogs. So, uh, where what's up with stray dogs now? How, how have things been since uh, we had you on? Well, uh, the, uh, the, since we talked last, I think we were still waiting for like the last issue of that series to come out. And now at this point, the first issue of Dog Days has dropped about a week and a half ago. So um, the the last two issues of Stray Dogs are out or are coming out. So this one came out, and then the next one will come out at the end of February. Fingers crossed, and uh, that will be the culmination of all this work that Tony and Trish and I, me I did. Uh, it's done. The book will be finished. All the little stories will be done, and it'll be out. And you know, I I think it's crazy how how like just this this book took off in ways I think nobody expected. <laughs> and I, I mean, that, that must be surreal, right? Like seeing this book just blow up the way it did. It's, uh, it's, it's really, it's crazy weird. Um, you know, we, we've had to have those conversations like with people, like we had to talk to Trish, it's like, you know, hey, keep in mind, this doesn't happen like all the time. It's like, this is her first book. Wow. Her first like real book. Like I think she did uh, uh, a My Little Pony thing or maybe one or two of those. But like this is her first like book, her first like thing. And it's just huge and it's gangbusters. And, you know, we, we don't want to ruin her. You know, we don't want her to like start walking around at shows. Just, you know, all right, I'm here. Where are my peons? No, <laughs> she's super awesome. I still haven't even met her in person. Like all the stuff really? that we've talked and stuff, it's all been, you know, virtual and like uh, in uh, texting and like on um, social media so like we haven't even like been in the same room at the same time so and it's crazy because i know like once this finally hits like in a movie or like some sort of aspect of media dude this is going to take off crazy yeah and but that's the thing it's like everything has that potential it was it was like this real early on idea that that's what this could be somebody somebody saw what tony had put together his people had basically put it in front of the, the right people and then got that paramount things lined up um, yeah, when when and if this turns into whatever it turns into, whether you know it's a full-on motion picture, maybe if it's something else that turns up on us, I have no idea. We have no control or say over that. It, it's whatever they decide to do with it, and that'll be the weird thing because then at some point, you know, like you watch these credits for the shows, right? It's like you know. Uh, you know all the Marvel stuff, and then at the end there's like credits, and it's like oh, created by blah 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 blah. Man, they did put my name on the front of that book. I, every time I look over at it, it's like I'm gonna be like, all right. So like when they do do the TV movie, whatever it is, it will say, you know, fleece, 
you know, uh, Trish and then Tone and, and Brad, you know, it's like, I'm like, all right, hey, I'm all, all, I'm all about it. I'm going to say this right now, though. If there is ever a big time movie, right? Yeah. We want to host a premiere of that, one of them. Like a you got to talk to somebody else. I have no. What well, no? Premiere, <laughs> I have, you know, let me put that in my calendar right now. Right now, I'll go ahead and I'll let them know. Look, you can't do this movie unless you guys are. You got to get Uncle Dad. Yeah, you I, go I, yeah. Dad. I people are so funny. It's like they're so nice to me and polite. Yeah. But you know, yeah, you got to talk to somebody else. You got to talk to Tony at least. Well, how about this? How about we just we just show it right if it ever happens, and oh, then yeah. you just come hang out with us. Oh no, absolutely. That's I can totally do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. we're like you know what I mean, but I would love to like support that because. Stray Dogs is so cool, man. And one of the genius things about it, and Mike, I know you agree with this, it's those covers, man. Those covers are so genius. You know what? The the whole movie uh, homage cover thing, it, 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 it's, it's crazy because, like, there's a, a marketing director at, at Image. I don't even know who this person is, like, but... When I was at Image back in the, you know, back in the days, we had a guy by the name of Anthony Bozzi who was just like always like full of ideas. And so it just seems like Image Comics still finds these people that just have really amazing ideas or maybe they just have so much stuff that they put like in the, in the, in the back burner, like, oh, one of these days we're going to try this. One of these days we're going to do this. And so when they were trying to get the book, um, to basically show people that the book wasn't necessarily made for kids because it has this very Don Bluthy Disney kind of look about it. They wanted to do some sort of real like, okay, like this isn't for children. We need to make sure it's it's for uh, teens and adults. So this person at Image went ahead and came up with this brilliant idea to basically do homage to these horror films to the point where now I see almost everybody doing an homage to something. Um, you know, like, I, I, and it's weird because, like, now I see all these other movie or other uh, comic books doing, like, homages to uh, uh, these sci-fi movies or movies that, you know, they grew up watching or whatever. And at this point, it kind of looks like, you know, it all basically falls on, oh, well, Stray Dogs did that. You know, that, that was a Stray Dogs. Because, like, no, people have been doing homages for a long time, but I'm just saying with the amount of them and how many people see... It kind of really has been an homage to the uh, Stray Dogs thing. But the funny thing is, like, Tony was doing it on his books before this. Like, Tony had a has a book called uh, In Your Lifetime, and it's a very autobiographical book. And uh, he put it out, a very small little print-run book, and then he put it out with this regular cover, this whatever you, you would call it. And then almost immediately, I guess he, he got rid of those books. Like, they went out, and he, he had to reprint the book. So when he reprinted the book, he did an homage to a, was it a Dr. Dre album? I can't remember which one it was now, like the, for the live, but like, so Tony's been about this homage for a long time. And then when Tony was in the studio, he started doing these uh, Marvel and, you know, superhero, uh, like, pulp paperback kind of like prints because it was all about prints you gotta have a prints gotta have prints so tony came up with this idea of like making prints but making them look like homages to these pulpy paperback books from you know the 60s and 50s and whatnot so tony uh you know went to school for design so tony has a really good eye for this stuff so you know the fact that this guy at image went ahead and said hey we should try this out it 
if it hadn't have been for Tony, like basically handling all of it and like, cause like all the lettering, all like Tony has to find the fonts. If he can't find a font, he has to make a font work to, to so that all the covers like look a certain way. Like Tony busts his butt doing these things. And at first I didn't even think about it. Like I was like, all right, we'll just press the done button and get it finished. And then I had to, I was working with him in LA while we were trying to wrap up this last issue of Stray Dogs. And I watched him just labor, like trying to find these fonts and stuff. And I'm like, this is the stuff no one ever sees. Again, Mike, again, working yeah. at home, it's like people go, oh yeah, this is really nice. You know, you're, well, you're at a show, you got your, your t-shirt, your prints, your hats, your whatever, it's stickers. And they just have no idea of how much time goes into any of that. Oh, searching for a font is one oh, of the yeah. most tedious, lengthy things, especially when you're trying to emulate something yeah, yeah. that already exists. Yeah, and yeah. it's not just a font, because yeah. they created it for whatever that movie or show was. Yeah, yeah. And there's not, so yes, there is some like stretching and bending and moving and photoshopping yeah. and, and. And it's crazy, because like how many times do you see like an homage and you immediately go, oh, they used the wrong font. Yeah, yeah, oh, you can see it. To Tony is so uh, even saying anal isn't like the nice way. Of, he's just such a perfectionist. Yeah. He won't settle for less. So like he hustles, man. That dude's amazing. Yeah, good guy to good guy to work with. Uh, I also see here at the show, and I'm going to ask you if people can do this when they're not if they're not at the show because uh, it's a really cool idea. You're doing the blank sketch covers of Stray Dogs, and they can have. There, you can draw their dog on the cover. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. We we kind of worked out a, a, a thing originally. If we were just doing it, but um, <laughs> it's it's really a long story. But the short version of the story is when I was younger, uh, I had people come up to me all the time and like they'd see that I was you know drawing art and doing art, and they'd be like, Hey, you know what'd be great uh, if you went ahead and got a job like at the at the amusement park and you go ahead and draw people, you know? And I'm That'd like, be Great, Tone. I yeah. can't think of anything more like ridiculous than like going there and I like I think that's your next move actually. Oh dear yeah. lord god kill me. When this doesn't work out anymore. Kill me. Yeah, when this, when this doesn't work out. Yeah, totally. I'll, you'll you'll see my little setup with the easel and all my little watercolors and, and then my body just laying like on the side with like, you know, a self-inflicted gunshot wound in my chest. He died. Yeah, no. It's never going to happen cuz I just can't imagine anything like like just And again, no no disrespect to anybody that does that for no. a living no because the thing is i think when i see people do it and they're really good at it it's amazing it's a, i just can't imagine doing it because like the thing is sometimes you see guys with like unusual looks about them or, or just weird crazy things and you're like oh i can caricature this because when you're doing caricatures you're basically um highlighting their flaws and or like <laughs> or bringing them out but then you have a, a young lady, and like, what, what if she has one little weird thing? What if she has a little mole or something? And she's very self conscious of it. And then you go ahead and you're like, highlight it. All of a sudden, you've just mortified her. It's like, oh, I didn't know you're going to do that. You know, so it's a weird like line to be in. So, having said that, now I'm doing caricatures of people's dogs. Yeah. So now we've we've worked it out. So now it's like, I, if you want your dog on a stray dog's cover, it's ninety bucks. If you want your dog on a stray dog's mm. book, it's a hundred bucks. Because for another ten bucks, I'm gonna go through the hassle of having to like sit there and draw your dog. Because again, all the other dogs in the book, I can draw relatively quick. I'll still pull up reference, make sure I'm doing it right. Right. But I can The thing is, sometimes I'll have somebody send me reference. Yeah. And you can't draw from the reference it's a horrible photo you can't see anything 
Uh, I had one guy send me a photo of a dog, and I'm like, okay, I just have to find another dog. Like, like it's, 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 it, he, the dog doesn't look that like crazy odd that like I, they won't recognize their dog. Plus, I'm doing a caricature of it. So I went ahead and I found another dog in a different pose that I could draw, right? The three-quarters animation kind of thing, right? But then I'm like, okay, I, now I labored over that one. Let me get the next one. And the next photo was even worse. Like, and it was just one photo of the dog doing it. Like, I'm, I'm doing it for, the, for them to see. But I'm like facing my head up like I'm looking at the sky, like a Sabu drawing. The dog is just like this. And I'm just like, screw it. I'm just going to draw this stupid dog with his head up in the air. And maybe he loved it. I have no idea. The whole time I'm just like, this is so stupid. There, there is a thing about when people, when you're doing characters of people or characters of people's pets, like the, there's kind of like this weird pressure you feel internally to get it right. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost not even worth the money yeah. that you're gonna get. Yeah, oh no, it, it, I'll be honest with you. It it's never, never is, yeah. but the thing is, I still have to figure a way of making it so it makes sense. And so like, right, right now, as dopey as it sounds, the 10 bucks is what makes sense. Ten. I, that, is that, gotta I, get that 10. Yeah, I, I have no idea. It's, it's arbitrary, I just did it. Yeah. So yeah, it's so, just dopey. I have a dog. All right. I'm thinking maybe I'm gonna have you do it, but I wanna send you a picture and challenge you. And who's that? My dog. Oh, your dog, okay, yeah, got it's you. a golden retriever. Okay, so awesome. All that, you're gonna make him do that. But I'm gonna pay him an extra $10. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, yeah. You, you, the thing is, the great thing about stuff like that is because you actually know me, you can send me a bunch of photos <laughs> where I can go, yeah, that's not gonna cut it. <laughs> like, this sucks, dude. Yeah, your yeah. Your dog's not even cute. Some of these people that, that send me these photos that are horribly used, I'm like doing it like for like a, a shop or something. Here's my friend's dog, can you please draw this dog? And I'm just like, this is a horrible photo, man. What yeah. am I gonna do with this? <laughs> You've also got uh, some banners up at your booth here to, I got, to, I do. to stray away from stray dogs. Uh, it says uh, Gabe's Cave. So what's, uh, what's, what's the Gabe's Cave? Um, Gabe's Cave is part of my uh, out, of, out, out of jail program. So I basically do uh, work oh. with a, a charity to basically assist with the time uh, away from my sentence. Oh, hey, look, Marty from Gabe's Cave just happens to be here. Uh, he could actually give us a better idea. Hey, Marty, come over here real quick. No, no, no. Put down that comic book. You don't need to be dealing is with that. Is that because Marty is an ex-prisoner? Is, is it what? Ex-prisoner? No, no. <laughs> uh, all, all kidding aside. Uh, everybody, this is Marty. Marty, everybody. Uh, but uh, Marty is probably one of the greatest guys I know. He's such a sweet dude. Uh, and Gabe's Cave is like his thing. And uh, the thing with Gabe's Cave is uh, they have a uh, YouTube show that they uh, have. They run it every week. Every Saturday, they go ahead and they run a show, uh, you know, 35, 40 minutes, whatever, right? And uh, over the course of the show, they have giveaways. And all you have to do is basically uh, uh, subscribe, comment, and you're entered to win some sort of prize. And one of the amazing things about all this is like, Inevitably, people come up to us all the time and say, okay, so what's the catch? There's no catch. Just, just do it. It's like they have a whole thing. And again, it just started with the cave. It just started with the show. And now it's kind of blown up into a whole thing. They've got a shop out in uh, El Dorado, Arkansas, uh, where they do the show out of. The, the shop is there. It's just crazy. But I'm going to turn it over to Marty. I'll have him talk about it because I love listening to Marty talk. Hi, Marty. Hello. How are you? Well, I'll just tell you a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm Marty Ross, and I'm the executive producer of Gabe's Cave. And, um, you know, we, we started out about five or six years ago. You know, the story behind Gabe's Cave is Gabe is my son. 
And uh, at an early age, he was bullied real bad and became a severe introvert and was very frightening for myself and my wife, his mom. And um, we had a friend in L.A. <laughs> it's funny we talked about that. A while. I heard you talk about it a while ago. But we had a friend in L.A. and invited us out to Cartoon Network and you know, uh, we got to go out there, spend a week out there for a little bit, and then we, in, we were invited to a con. And uh, Gabe felt nobody was judging him. Nobody was, was picking on him, and he could be himself. And so we started going to cons all over, and we just so happened to meet great people like Tone and Jeremy and Rob and, and, and Ryan Kincaid, a whole bunch of people. And, we, and our whole family loves art, so... We just said, you know, hey, let's let's do this. So we started buying artwork because we love original artwork, and and we would go back to our house after the con, and in our in in Gabe's room, what we call the original cave, we would do Facebook Live videos, just me, him, and one of our other friends named Brandon, who runs our store. Actually, is one of our good friends. Uh, he's one of the hosts on the show too. But we started doing this little Facebook Live, and we started getting like four and five thousand friends on our on our facebook page and so we decided hey we we'll get another facebook page so we did and it got a bunch of friends and so we said you know really we need to do a youtube so we built a youtube st studio and we started doing this weekly uh you know weekly episodes and you know they were about pop culture all kinds of stuff toys uh comics pops uh movie reviews and stuff like that and um we wanted when we started that we decided we wanted to bring in all the artists uh bringing all these artists to be a part of it and so what we started doing is we started co uh, commissioning artists from around the world we're represented in just about every country now uh by artists but we uh we commissioned artists to work on our original sketch cards i know the audience can't see it but you could see the the sketch cards these are actually tones cards that he's done for us yeah okay? a bunch of uh simpsons and futurama which yeah. tone is drawn that's uh, who he is you know? drawn, yeah yes. and so what we do is um what we do is uh every week we have a what you call a, a meet the artist segment and we interview these artists on our show and whether we do it uh, uh in the studio or at a show or uh by you know by video uh we have a little artist segment and um, we have a topic that we talk about every week, first of all, you know, whatever the topic is. And, and it's usually a movie review or comic review or something. And then uh, then we have uh, Meet the Artist. And, and after um, we meet the artist or whatever, we end up giving all their artwork away oh. to our subscribers for free. Oh. And so it's, uh, it's something that, you know, we want to give back to the community. It was something that when we really started it, um, you know, everybody says, what's the catch? There is no catch. We, it, it, the catch is, is I was able to help my son mm -hmm. overcome some anxieties. I'm going to have to subscribe so I can get some free art. And uh, That's yeah. what I took from all that. No, but seriously, uh, we were talking to one, someone else earlier here today about the the community sense of coming to the cons. And yeah, it is a great place where you can see people from all walks of life. Everyone's accepted. Absolutely. Who are dressing up however they want to be expressed uh, of themselves. And it is a safe place, safe space for that. So I'm so glad that you brought him in and that's what, you know, that's what helped him come out of 
that that hole he was going because that can uh, that can not end well yeah. uh, for yeah. for kids. So good for you, man. Uh, you know we're we're on we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, Instagram. It's, it's all just uh, Gabe's Gabe's cave. Gabe's cave. Awesome, Gabe. Well, Gabe's all cave. of our listeners should check that out and maybe get some free uh, tone free art. Stuff. Free stuff. I mean, and it's not just me. He's got a whole. He's got a whole bunch of guys over there that have done stuff. He's got the whole year lined up right now, right? Yeah, we have. We we actually have um, fifty eight artists uh, this year for the season for season three. We have fifty eight artists uh, that have already completed all their work. They've already mailed it back to us. Uh, we started last week with Tone. He started the year off. Um, and he, he done 10 pieces for us and all 10 of those were given away, uh, today, actually today, uh, today. And then a new artist, I don't know who the artist is. I was actually looking at while I was there. Uh, the new episode come out today. Uh, and I think it's James Dixon, but I'm not sure, but he's from Canada. He's an, he's an artist from Canada and we're going to be giving away all his work. What we do is we, we interview him this week and all of our subscribers can, can sign up this week and then we mm. give it away on saturday awesome well hey i would i'm an artist myself i i can give you my card and i'd love to absolutely help you guys out absolutely sure. oh, yeah. absolutely awesome well uh really great to talk to you gabe yeah and um again what it's just gabe's cave do we need to put an apostrophe in there it's all it's it's just straight if you're if you're on youtube it's just gabe's g-a-b-e-s cave c-a-v-e okay and same thing on Instagram, same thing on uh, Facebook, same thing on uh, TikTok. Same thing. All right, and Tone, if people want to get their dog from, <laughs> where We're really pushing this you? Where can they find yeah. you? Sir? You know, the best place to find me is Denra, definitely like Facebook or Instagram. So it's yeah. Tone Rodriguez 2000 at Instagram. Yes. It's Tone Rodriguez 2000 on Facebook. Again, super, I'm easy to find. You're easy. Anyone who says it's hard to get a hold of me, they are not looking but Tony, i have to ask you one last question you know i keep doing this to like here <laughs> i keep putting the phone up uh, the, the microphone what? What? <laughs> i have this last question for yeah, you. yeah what's up can i just get my dog drawn by you without buying the book can i just get a print of that like a like not print but like you know you just draw my dog or no, no i, have I mean to buy the I'll, books? I'll, no i'll get you one i'm not, I'm not worried about it it's like, it's <laughs> no easy. i'm saying i'm saying instead of the book if somebody wants just my drawing yeah i guess they could <laughs> <laughs> why, would, why, why would they not want it on a sketch cover, though? I, I don't yeah. get it. We're going to want Rick Conner. All right. All right. <laughs> no. I'm going to veto that. Yeah. Tone doesn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm saving, I'm saving him. I'm saving yeah. him from doing that because <laughs> I sure as hell wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's like at this point, ne next time you guys see me, it'll be like $30 to draw your dog. What the hell? It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's inflation, yeah. man. It's, it's been a rough couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's been a slow show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right on time. Well, thanks for talking to us. Anytime, yeah. dude. I love we'll talking love you. to you. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uncle Dad here, live at Fan Expo. Uh, and Mike is here. Sorry, I always forget about you, Mike. It's okay. It's day three. It's day three. Yes, and we are here with Jerry from Fan Expo. Jerry, how are you? Great. Having a great weekend. Jerry, so I just want to kind of talk to you because in all the other cons we've done, we kind of talked to somebody who's been a part of the show, and you're a big part of the show. So what has been the biggest challenge this year, obviously, other than COVID, you know, kind of doing this con again? You know, it's been a couple of years since we've had a show here. You know, not able to do 2021. People are, have been excited to come back. There's a little trepidation, I think, all across the country, all across the world in terms of doing events and being at events. But, you know, everyone 
seems to be having a great time. They feel safe. We've taken all the precautions. The biggest thing is just getting people to feel confident about coming out again. And I think that over the three days, we've shown that they really are. Now, do you feel that there has been a lull in attendance or is it more attendance than expected? I don't know if anything is expected these days. What's yeah. expected? Yeah. Like We know that a lot of fans came out and have had a great time. The celebrities have said it. The artists have said it. The vendors have said it. Fans are ready to come out and do what they do at these shows, which is meet people who have like-minded fandoms, that they love the same things that they love, other fans love, and they get to come out and just have a great time. And whoever's here, they're having, a, having an awesome time. I would agree. I think we, you know, a little nervous, but when we're here, you see you guys are doing all the right things, doing the vax checks, masks. Uh, you guys have done pretty well, considering. Um, but are you able to enjoy a city when you go there? You know, you're working for the show. You have a lot to do. Are you actually able to ever go out and enjoy New Orleans? I mean, not too much. Our staff has really been getting ready for the show really ever since the last one. We were getting ready for 2021, not knowing there wasn't going to be one. And then once we're here, I mean, on Wednesday night, I went out and, and had, you know, a little dinner downtown and got a chance to. But our, you know, our staff is pretty much here most of the time, just making sure everything is running smooth, getting prepared for the next day. And a little bit I get to see New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities on the tour. Uh, wanted to go down to Acme. They were closed on Wednesday. Uh, Went to Felix's. That was great, too. Yeah. So got to a little bit, a little taste of New Orleans, and I hope to get more next time I'm here. So are you a char-grilled oyster or a raw oyster man? Yes. Yes, to both. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But we did we did half and half. So we made sure huh? that whoever was in our group got a little sampling of both. That's the move. That is definitely the move. Now, with the future of cons and stuff, uh, where are the next dates coming up for Fat Expo? Well, we're going to be in Philadelphia in the second week of April and St. Louis two weeks later. Those are two of the shows that were formerly Wizard World shows. But Fan Expo is going to have 16 shows total this year That's combined nice. from the ones they previously had. We're adding a show in San Francisco at the end of the year that's brand new and adding in what was the six and now the five Wizard World shows into the schedule. So it's going to be a big fan expo year in 2022 for sure. That's, that's pretty exciting. We'll definitely try to be at as many of those as possible. But before we wrap up, hopefully you can answer this question because I have a feeling it's going to be hard. Who is your favorite guest here at the show? Ooh. Wow. <laughs> he likes to My put people favorite guest he likes to put people on the spot like my that. favorite guest who's here this year is probably michael rooker now i haven't seen michael in a couple years charles martinet is always an all-time favorite so and he's here too so between the two of those i think those are the ones i'm closest with i have the longest history with among the celebrities that are here richard anderson is my favorite guest of all time at a pop culture convention he did a bunch of our shows he passed away a few years ago but you know, he was Oscar Goldman in Six Million Dollar Man right, yeah. and in Bionic Woman, and he's my all-time favorite guest ever, ever, and will always be. That's, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Jerry, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks. Right, Have take, a great one. You too. Take care. And uh, excuse the music in the background. It is New Orleans. They do party here, but we're here with Guy Gilchrist, which we talked to before uh, the show. Guy, how's, the, how's Fan Expo been for you? It's been incredible, I'll tell you. It's been, you know, since 17 that I've been here. So it's been quite a while, and it's nice to be missed. 
uh, there have been so many folks that have come around that I haven't seen in you know good four years, five years. So it's been wonderful. We've been rocking it here. Yeah, yeah. I, we've walked by your booth a few times over the weekend and seen you. You've always had a nice little collection of fans out front. So I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I did see on your Instagram you were bopping around in the French Quarter. What, what kind of stuff did you get into out there? Anything fun? I've been being a good boy. Yeah. Uh, because these are long days, but I have been uh, I've been frequenting Oceana a lot. Oceana. Yeah, it's it's only a block away from the hotel. So, oh my gosh, the food there is incredible. They've got you know, crab cakes and red beans and rice. But yeah. well, we could. We could go on and on and on because Good. I have been eating on and on and on and on. <laughs> okay. This is this is certainly a town where you need stretchy pants. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, we've been going around and trying to get as many good, good food restaurants in, which is not hard to do here. But yeah, at the end of the trip, you do feel a little heavier. I would say. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, one other thing, I tried really hard. I don't know if you remember me telling you on the show when we interviewed you. I was gonna do uh, a Drew Brees who's, uh, you know, the football player here for the yeah, Saints. Yeah. I could not find a Drew Brees pop. I looked and I looked and I looked, and I figured it would not be a problem to find one here in New Orleans, but I couldn't find one. Seriously? So I'm going to have to try to find one and catch you at another show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe I can just draw you a, uh, you know, a Kermit and a Drew Brees. Oh. Uh, oh. You know, uniform oh, jersey. I do like that. I do like that. We might have. There to... was a couple of games ago when you guys were going through all of that trouble with, uh, you know, quarterbacks. Yes. And you were having a real hard time scoring points. That's right. And Drew Brees was up in the booth that night, you know, talking with the other commentators and stuff. Yeah. And and it was getting toward the half, and I heard him say, "Geez, maybe I ought to just strap on my helmet and get down there." And I could hear all of Houdat Nation going, "Yes, we're begging you, yes." Yeah. Now you guys need to be. You got to beat the Falcons today, right? Is that you right? know, you're, you are a football man. I yeah, see. and then okay. L.A. and does L.A. have to lose? L.A. has to beat SF. They are not going to. Uncle Dad's, <laughs> Uncle Dad's an SF fan. Okay, so oh, so LA has to beat San Francisco, or, or they have to beat San Francisco, or lose to San Francisco. For the Saints to go, they have for the Saints to go. Yeah. Um, LA has to beat Niners. Okay. The Forty Niners. Yeah. Okay. So we all know what's going to happen. The Niners are going to win. So. <laughs> well, well. By the time this airs, the outcome will have been decided. But. Uh, and then it will have Baby Gabe deleted out. It's fine. No, no. <laughs> well, yeah. all I know is my Titans are in. Titans are in. That's My Titans right. are in. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, we'll really find out today how in. Yeah. You know they. Uh, uh, you know they have to beat. They've got to beat the Texans to to be the number one seed. Oh, well, uh, that's gonna be hard. But that that I think we got that one. Yeah. Uh, guy. Well, it's been great talking to you. Good to see you in the uh, in the flesh. And uh, uh, I hope the rest of your day. It's great to see day. you guys too. It's always a, a great hang with you. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. Okay. Cheers. All right, and uh, so we're here at Fan Expo New Orleans, and I'm here with one of my uh, favorite, one of my favorite artists in comics uh, for a long time, Arthur Sudam, also known as the Zombie King, which he says because people are nervous to mispronounce your name. Right? That is correct. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> um, Arthur, how's the show been for you? Uh, it's been very good. It was very good. You know, with the whole COVID thing and everything, we were concerned that maybe nobody would show up but the fans have been showing up and it's actually worked out really well yeah 
It's well, that's show. good. Good. Yeah, yeah we, we've, we've come by your booth a few times and always seen a, a crowd of people o- yeah, that's over good. here. That's good. Um, nice people, nice food, good dancing. That's uh, good. Yeah. Did you go out dancing? Uh, last night and then on Thursday as well. We were out the Rock and Bowl. Uh, we danced Zydeco and Cajun. Oh, yeah. And Salsa. So we did Cajun last night. We did Zydeco on Thursday. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say, I, you probably don't remember because you've seen a million people at your booth. Uh, it was a, a small Phoenix Con. I don't know, 2009 or okay. eight, somewhere around there. Uh, I was already a fan of the Marvel Zombies, which is okay. what you're probably most known most for. Most known for, that's correct, yeah. Um, and you were there, and I it blew my mind that you were a guest there. Okay. And I came up, and I bought your sketchbook, and I got a sketch from you, and you were very nice to me, and you inspired me, because I had a zombie comic book at the time, too. Okay, cool, called, very cool. Called Hot Zombie Chicks. Okay, very cool. Yeah. You inspire me to draw people as zombie characters. Okay. At the conventions. Okay. Which made me a lot of money. Very cool. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Over the years. Hey, this story's getting better and better and better. That's good. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, right. that's gold, man. Yeah. Gold. Uh, but, uh, anyway, so I just want to say thank you. And it, it, uh, it, it my was, pleasure, you man. Anytime, nice anytime. As a, as a that's young man. That's the only man. way to be. You know, I, was young, uh, I was younger then, and, and so yeah. you, were, you, you took the time to talk to me and and encourage me so i appreciate that's cool that. we appreciate and, it uh, so what else, what what are you uh working on now uh what's uh anybody that's doing any kind of zombie anything i'm kind of the go-to you're the, guy you're the guy so they, yeah. they come to me so i did a lot of band album covers i did the last couple of misfits album covers and you have that uh batman predator book that yeah was that was 1991 that goes away back a ways yeah oh, i'm actually one of the artists for the walking dead i did all the marvel zombies i'm the artist for deadpool and black panther um, I'm also the artist for Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Army of Darkness. Uh, right now, I'm doing a lot of work for Dynamite Entertainment. Uh, I'm doing the Vampirella books. I'm doing the Red Sonja books. And I did the Mars Attacks books as well. Mars Attacks, Red Sonja, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you're a busy guy. Busy guy, yeah. Let me ask you this, because this is what happened to me towards the end of my zombie comic run. I yeah. got sick of drawing zombies. Does right. that happen to you? No, no, I like doing them. I mean, you have to say that. I could but. tell you. No, I don't have to say it. <laughs> no, no if, uh, if I didn't feel that way, I wouldn't say it. Yes. Because we're Dutch, very direct. Okay. Very honest and very direct. All right. Brutally so. We need so, that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, some people do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so with the zombie thing for me, um, I've always been a big fan of anatomical studies. So uh, my training was really uh, anatomy-based. So school I went to was a, uh, a New York Academy of Figurative Art was a recreation of a school, Michelangelo, Raphael, and uh, Leonardo da Vinci from the 16th century was all anatomy. So part of the training was we had to go in these frozen lockers and work on these cadavers. So I did that for like two years, where we went in this big frozen room in uh, Hunter, Hunter Medical College, actually. The medical students would have them during the day, and we artists had them in the evening. So uh, bodies hanging on hooks, bodies laid out on the table. We had to take them apart, put them back together again. We had to draw them, we had to paint them, and we had to sculpt them. So I love anatomy, So and I always have. So for me, drawing the zombies, I don't, I'm not drawing zombies for, for me in my head. I'm... I'm drawing anatomy, right? And so I really, so the, uh, I never get tired of it, you and, know. And you were familiar with the uh, with dead bodies, but from, the parts, yeah. <laughs> For me, it feels like I'm doing a crossword puzzle. When yes. I'm working on zombies, I'm doing zombie paintings. It feels like I'm working on a crossword puzzle because it's like, okay, now let me, 
you know, the tendons, the fat, uh, the muscle connections and, and bones, protuberances and tuberosities and all this kind of thing. So for me, it's a lot. I, I enjoy it really. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why your work sticks out the way it does. And that's probably because of all the, the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My training uh, is uh, probably about over 30 years, uh, 16th century, 17th and 18th century classical training, like Renaissance uh, training. So I'm really trained to paint religious art. You know, Jesus up on the cross. He, right. He was in bad shape as well. Yes. And people on yes. their robes, down on their knees praying. That's really what my training is. But I love the comics and I love the whole, you know, sci-fi and all that thing. So my, um, my plan for my strategy for my own career was always to get that training, try to get the best training, the 16th century, 18th century, you know, Renaissance training, and then import that into the comic world and do that kind of work. Beautiful, beautiful. And speaking of training, you're also a Muay Thai trainer. instructor. Yeah, instructor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I've been I've been uh, teaching for about 20 years. Um, I'm actually from Phil Nurse, so Phil Nurse was five-time world Muay Thai champion. He was my 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 instructor, and he was instructor for Bones Jones, a lot of UFC champions. For Bones Jones, Jordan St. Pierre, Rashad Evans, uh, Frankie Edgar, they're all Phil Nurse. Yeah. And uh, before I did, I did about 10 years with Phil Nurse. Before that, I did uh, nine years with Edge Brown. He was three-time UK kickboxing champion. Oh. So I've got I've got about yeah, 25 years of uh, lessons with these guys, and then I've been teaching for about 22, 23, 24 years myself. It's a nice balance because I know you spend a lot of time sitting in a chair painting, drawing. That's a good way to move your body around. I got it worked out now. So I do kickboxing all day long. I got a lot of students in New York. Uh, I do kickboxing all day long, and when it gets dark, I go home, then I work on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, and so uh, where can people find you if they don't already know? Uh, well, you find me at these shows. Or... I get, well, you can, um, in my work is all over the internet, so anywhere, just type in the, the, the name like on YouTube. Your wonderful interview will be there. Yes. And, uh, and uh, you know, just, there's, the artwork is all over the internet, yeah. you know, so, uh, and then otherwise, as far as meeting me, if people want to get their book signed, get a sketch or something, just come to some of these shows that we're at, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, do something for them. Yeah, you're a, a real pleasure. Get your pleasure. set up, man. Get your set up. Real pleasure to talk to you, Arthur. Thank pleasure's you so all much. mine. Yes. I like your jacket, man. Thank you, man. Who that? It's a nice jacket. All right, everybody. I have sad news. It is now time to say goodbye to NOLA Fan Expo. Mike, how do you feel about it? I'm very sad. Are you sad or are you happy to go home? Well, I always say this, leaving New Orleans is, uh, being in New Orleans and leaving New Orleans is always a mix of emotions. Um, I was talking about some people last night and yes, I'm happy to go home. I've been on the road for a while now, but I'm also very sad to leave. Oh, so there it is. There it is. You're yes. going to make me cry right now. Dude, I can keep going if you want to. <laughs> no, we'll go for it. <laughs> I can get a little more deep on get here. A little more deep. Please. How much time do we have left? <laughs> as much as we want, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's been a, it's been a great time. I think we've had some of the. This is probably our most jam-packed episode we've ever had. It's two parts. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. Um, what were some of your highlights? Uh, the Bruce Willis pillow. Yes. <laughs> if you don't know? Check our Instagram. You'll see that. Um, I actually enjoy talking to Arthur. I enjoy talking to all the guests except for uh, one person, which is <laughs> a little rough. But hey, you know, it's a it's a mixed bag when you're interviewing randoms uh, while they're at their table. I don't know if I would say randoms, but... <laughs> Random people, you know, like... Um, cold... What do we always say? Like cold calling, walking up to someone at their table and 
hey, here's a microphone. Would you like to be interviewed? <laughs> I guess that's true. It is, you know? This is the equivalent of the cold call, right? Just yeah. Like, hey, you. Hey, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, but, I think for me, my, my, one of the top three moments for me would probably Mario, speaking to Mario. Yeah. Hearing your amazing Mario impression, by the way. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> they already heard it, right? Yes. <laughs> um, speaking with um, Jesse T. Usher, that was incredible. Yes. My last favorite moment was talking to, um, honestly, I really, really enjoyed being a Ghostbuster with you. Yeah, the Ghostbusters, were, the Louisiana Ghostbusters crew was probably some of the nicest people we talked to. For sure. Yeah. Sure. Definitely yeah. like where we just dealt with, but. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, that guy's obviously not from here, so. Yeah, right, right. Oh. But you know what, man? I, I have to say, it's always a pleasure doing this with you, and it's great that we got to do a live show together. Because the last few live shows, other than, I think, Beat Star Cancer, it's really just been me, so it's nice to have you here, man. Oh, yeah, it's been great to be here. Yeah, yeah. hopefully we'll do a, a couple more. Actually, we're doing Stockton Con. We'll be at Stockton Con. Yeah, and then after that, we will be at... East Bay Comic Con. Yes. <laughs> don't look confused. You don't want to tell me that. <laughs> I had to think of, like, what was... Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know what, man? It's been an absolute just great time. So... Without further ado, everybody, I hope you love this episode. Remember, you can get more content. You can see Mike eat gum from the 19, 30 yeah, years ago. I don't even think you can call it gum. <laughs> I don't know what that was. You can see gum from 30 years ago in Mike's mouth, <laughs> churning to liquid. Ugh. <laughs> um, I had nightmares about that. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, just patreon.com forward slash Uncle Dad Talks. Support the cause. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support the movement of Uncle Dad. And follow us on Instagram. And what's our Instagram? You tell me. You tell them. <laughs> I will tell them. At Uncle Dad Talks. There it is. And of course, check out our newly launched website, UncleDadTalks.com. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate everybody. Mike, any last words? Who dat? Who dat indeed. Take care, everybody. <laughs>